0: hello everyone and welcome to the next edition of the grumpy pony podcast so in this edition of the grumpy pony podcast i was very fortunate to be joined by michael from Oathsworn games Oathsworn miniatures should i say and they make a range of miniatures that are anthropomorphized animals so you have sort of a uh, rabbits that look like knights. You've got monks that you know are uh, it's actually a mouse, you know, loads of things like that. Really, really cool looking minis. And they also create a game um, around those miniatures called Burrows and Badgers. If you haven't seen that, it's like a skirmish level game. Again, really cool. They've got a nice, nice rule book that's been printed by Osprey. And uh, well worth a look. If you haven't checked it out, you're looking for something different to do. Uh, I would highly recommend them. I say sitting down with Michael was an absolute pleasure. Uh, it was, we t- talked about how it is sort of running a business like his at the moment during all the craziness going on, his plans for the future and um, and all, all, all the cool things like that. So I really enjoyed making this one. It was great to sit down with him, like I say. Uh, so I really hope you guys enjoy it too. So sit back and without further ado, let's just get into it. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. Um, basically, I'm, I've been a big fan of you. I, I discovered you properly like, during the first lockdown um, when uh, I was introduced to burrows and badgers. So I just then just sort of got lost on your website, just going through all the different sort of, you know, the, the moles, the badgers. I ended up building a, a mouse town uh, war band. So it's just those mice characters. So we have yeah, got the, the, yeah. the town watch guys and, and bits like that. Um, and I just fell in love with them, so to be able to give a chat to you now, I thought it's been it's really good for me anyway because I just really really love the stuff that you make. Um, but yeah, could you, I mean, you guys started in 2013, is that right?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I've been sort of in the, in the industry as a kind of freelance sculptor for a lot longer than that, but um, we sort of set up on our own about then. It was just a, a chance to kind of do something for ourselves rather than just doing what other people wanted me to sculpt, basically.
0: Yeah. And was that straight into, did you already have the idea of like burrows and badges in your mind then? Or was that something that sort of developed once you'd been doing your own thing for a while?
1: Um, I, really, what I wanted to do first of all was dwarves because I've always had dwarf armies for Warhammer Fantasy Battle and things like that. And uh, man played, after my own heart, yeah, I always played dwarves in DD and stuff like that. So I started out with doing dwarves, and the plan was to get loads and loads of dwarves done. Um, that was basically the idea. It was yeah. just out, we'd done a couple of Kickstarters, and somebody on uh, one of the forums we're on it just said, Look, you know, it'd be really good if you did some anthro stuff, I think it would really suit your style. Uh, and I said oh I'll tell you what I'll I'll try a couple see if I can do them see if they look all right and um, it just kind of exploded
0: from there really yeah it's great I mean it's, it's great I mean I, I what would I say when I when I first started looking at them I was going through them the, the ones that you've got and is it, there must be some sort of method you've got for sort of creating these because each animal has a sort of sort of a, a character that is you haven't done the thing which I think could be quite easy to fall into the trap of which is this is a fox so I'm going to make them look sneaky or you know and fall into these sort of you know the animal stereotypes
1: yeah 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 you do get that I think I think with you know books and things you often get sort of certain particular animals are viewed as the bad guys and yeah uh, you often get like mice are the heroes or whatever but uh, I forget it's in the real world yeah there's a there's a mix of you know good and bad or everyone's got their own viewpoint as you know whether they're the heroes or the villains and i figured it'd be just the same in that so
0: yeah oh i love it and and the actual so so just moving on from that with burrows and badges that was another kickstarter in sort of two, two, 2015 wasn't it so yeah
1: we did a kickstarter for the first sort of 20 models um obviously yeah uh, that, that went pretty well but we had a lot of people saying what do we do with them um, mm. Because you know, with the dwarves and things, it's pretty straightforward. You can use them in your fantasy games, but um, with these sort of things, a lot of people were, well, you know, we need a we need something to do with do sort of a game to play something like that. So I thought, right, well, I'll I'll have a crack at trying to write something. Um, so I did kind of a, a little PDF set of rules for them there and then, um, which kind of just started it off. Um, after that, we I. Sat down and wrote a proper version <laughs> because the uh, the initial PDF didn't really work that well. Um, so we we, we kind of wrote and we did a um, uh, our own little rule book, a little A5 rule book that uh, we had going for about a year, and uh, we were we were selling that around the various shows and what have you. And we were at um, the UK Games Expo, and um, uh, Phil Smith, who was the the head of Osprey Games, um, I think he still is actually. He um, he came by the stand and, and bought a copy of the rule book uh, and he came back the next day and said look if um you know if we wanted to get a hardback version done they'd be happy to do that so it kind of went was oh, brilliant
0: so yeah. so yeah because so, yeah, i mean look, for, for me i'm a sucker for rule books that have just loads of artwork in them and going through burrows and badgers one there's some really nice sort of sketched out artwork as well was that all done by yourselves or was that
1: no, in the um, in the Osprey book, it was Gary Chalk. They got Gary Chalk to do the right. the, the art for that. So uh, yeah, it's 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 a mixed bag. of some people really love it, some people don't. I, I think that's fairly standard with Gary Chalk's stuff. To be honest, people either love him or hate
0: him. I, th- I think it totally suits the the sort of look of the the burrows and Bar- for, for me anyway. I thought it just all seemed to fit. Lovely. Yeah. Really, really yeah, nice
1: yeah I mean, for me, they're a bit cutesy. I've got to be honest. Yeah, um, it's uh, it, it doesn't really go with the artist brief, but uh, you know, you, yeah, you take what you yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we weren't paying for it, so uh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, can't complain too much. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's so strange. It, it, it's it's this thing, isn't it, with with this hobby and and you know, when you're dealing with sort of artists and creators, it's such a subjective thing sometimes, isn't it? Because the amount of time I look at stuff and I go, like, I mean, you yeah, know, with this podcast, people always say to me, like, I you know, I. I get people on I generally love what they do you know I'm really impressed with what they do that's why I, I want to get people on and you get some people on and, and they'll say to you like oh why do you why do you like that? why do you like everything because like, well, it's, it's amazing that people have been able to create that you know like and I, and I look at the stuff that you've done and I think like how like how have you done that because I mean I, I've got a very limited skill with green stuff like to the point where I don't use it that much at all so the idea of being able to sculpt anything out of anything is close to wizardry for me so I mean I don't I don't know how long it took you to learn that
1: I mean to be fair I start I was rubbish when I started off um it is like anything you do it's just practice Um, yeah I, I mean I've been doing it since probably professionally since about 2001 I think I started um, obviously been doing conversions and things before that just putting cloaks on things and yeah you know just just converting miniatures as you do um but i mean you, you literally you just the more you do the better you get it is as simple as that you, you you kind of the the coordination hand-to-eye coordination and working out how much pressure to put on things to make the right marks it is just a matter of practice um so i just yeah let's say started out doing freelance stuff for for people um, all kinds of different scales. Um, I did a lot of six mil stuff, which was uh, challenging. I bet, um, yeah, good, good, good fun though. But, I mean, <laughs> and once you've done stuff at six mil, you can you can pretty much work at any scale then, because you know, the, getting detail at six mil lets you get detail at twenty eight mil quite easily. So yeah,
0: so the learning curve becomes a bit easier from from
1: there. Yeah, yeah. yeah 20, 28 mil figure feels enormous. <laughs> you Step
0: off from doing a six mil one. Oh, that's that's awesome though. It's awesome to hear, about um, and it, you, I, I'm just now just thinking about this. Now. It, it, was that something you uh, went into? Did you do classes originally to sort of get into that? Or
1: No, no. no. I mean, it's not this for sculpting, there's not really anything available. Hmm. I, I know now people are doing it digitally. Um, yeah. You, know, a lot of, you, you can quite often get information online about that. Um, more for kind of character design for video games than. than sculpting for, for actually producing miniatures um, yeah but, but at least you can get that but but for the putty stuff it's really just figuring out as you go along there's there's no um i mean when i started out we didn't have any information at all you were literally just making it up as you go along so i would, you know yeah. initially i hadn't even figured out armatures and things like that so i hadn't even realized you had to put a bit of wire inside <laughs> and it was literally trial and error figuring it out as you went along yeah but, um, Oh, yeah that's... it's just I mean it's the same with painting you know it's like you, you do your first paint job generally your first paint job is not very good yeah you, you quickly pick up techniques and get better at it
0: yes yeah, so... it's, it's, it's true I mean I always make, make the joke when the, when I was allowed to and I used to do tutorials and stuff in the shop that when I, my, my first uh, miniature that I ever painted it looked like I threw the paint at it you know yeah. It's, yeah. it's just one of those things you just you just get better at it as you do it more yeah um, yeah yeah, that's, that's that's really cool. So when, so when you decided like you know, I oh, oh, was going to take this to like a Kickstarter, was, did you find that particularly easy process, or did you were you sort of sort of worried about how things are going to be received on on Kickstarter? Or...
1: Initially, it was a, a tough choice. We before we sort of started this lot, we we did do I did a very short lived set of sci fi. Figures, some robots and troopers and stuff that I just thought, well, I'll just release normally. Um, Had some decent feedback from them, from people online saying they wanted Mm. to buy them and what have you. But after about three or four months of them being released, they hadn't, we hadn't even kind of made back the cost of the molds on them. Right. Um, So I thought, well, for the next thing we do, we'll try Kickstarter and just see what it's like. And to be honest, now I suspect pretty much any manufacturer, small manufacturer launching stuff we'll launch it through Kickstarter because it's just so much more effective than a, a regular launch. Yeah. Like easily 10 times. I mean, it's just, it, it's a massive game changer in terms of getting exposure and literally getting people to actually part with the cash rather than just saying, oh yeah, I really like those. I'll buy them somewhere. Yeah. And then you wait two years and they don't. You know?
0: Yeah. It does seem like Kickstarter has become a, a, a great leveler in that respect for yeah. the manufacturers and things yeah I, I always say that my only sort of concern with it is that from, from my experience as a retailer there doesn't seem to be that many incentives as a retailer to sort of go into it but oh, no, I, can, no. I, I can totally see why a manufacturer would use them yeah it's I, just no brainer I,
1: mean, I mean i'm pretty sure most of us manufacturers i can't obviously can't speak to them all but the ones i've spoken to would rather it wasn't a thing at all and we could mm. just do <laughs> release things normally yeah it, it's just literally the way it's become is that yeah um if you don't release it through Kickstarter, you kind of—I mean, we, we've shown pictures of stuff that's on sale straight away, and you get people sending you emails saying, "Yeah, but when's the Kickstarter?" Mm. Which, and we're well, like, "No, you, you can buy it now. You yeah, know, it's you, it's on the website. You can <laughs> just buy it." And they're like, no, "Yeah, yeah, but when's the Kickstarter?" And it's like, "Ah, oh, okay, fair enough." That's strange,
0: isn't it? It's really yeah. strange. um Yeah, I mean, it's just the way—I think that's the way the way the world, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, did you find because? Um, from what I've, I've seen, i seen, because I periodically go go back to your website and check check what what you've got coming out and things like that, um, and I've seen like your website's changed a bit, just just over the time since lockdown. So for you, did what was your experience during lockdown? Was that a huge game changer for you, or was it just sort of business as usual?
1: Uh, kind of at the basic level, business as usual, because there's only me and Joe here, so we just kind of we're just coming in. We've not had to. You know, there's been no social distancing or shutdown or anything like that. Um, and reasonably well, because most of what we do is mail order. The big problem has been shows. We right, normally yeah. do a lot of trade shows um, and you, you pick up a lot of new customers at trade shows. You know, there's a lot of people who just see you for the first time and then, you know, they go off and they talk about it and they show the pictures they've taken and you, you build up a lot of business ongoing over the year because of the trade shows so uh, with those being out of the window that's that's kind of slowed things down yeah um and and in terms of releases as well i mean i've got roughly 30 models that i'm waiting to get out and they've, they've been ready since about march last year <laughs> and we've just had so much trouble getting um getting kind of molds made getting yeah master molding done and everything's just been slowed right down so uh, that's been a pain
0: yeah i bet so, Oh, I bet it, it, it just seemed it just seems to have just be affecting everyone. I don't think anyone's got away sort of scot-free if no, they okay, from, no. from this, this situation, yeah. which is this is a real shame, but yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But I mean, the, the Brexit thing didn't help either. We've had a few like like um the people we were getting our alloy off moved to to Europe and stopped selling to the UK. Oh, okay, um, right. Like same same with our base supplier, things like that. So yeah, you're kind of having to find new you know, new people to work with, basically. So, it's yeah, it's been a bit of a... 2020 was not a fun year, it has to be said. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, fingers crossed for 2021, but it's not looking great so far. No, it? we
0: haven't hit the ground running, have we? No. 2021. no. But, um, but do you know what? That's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, was to sort of get our name out as the shop, yeah, but also yeah. just give me a chance to chat to people like yourselves and just Because, sort of, you know, I, I don't know if it's the same for you, but when, you know, when you are a really small operation... Um, you do sort of end up, well, I did for a little while just thinking, oh my God, am I the only one that is really struggling with, you know, just getting things done as normal? You know, it's just, just really like hurdle after hurdle, it seems yeah. like.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it can it definitely get you like that. I mean, we're in a couple of um, kind of manufacturers' groups on Facebook. and mm-hmm. that, so, so it's quite useful that you can see everyone else is also panicking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, always nice to know that uh, you're not the only one. Yeah. And, uh, so, Go on, sorry, no, go, go on. No, 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 go on. I was yeah, just saying, that especially with things like trade shows, in that you kind of you have to plan ahead. Everyone's planning ahead for new releases and, mm. and you know, booking hotels and stuff like that. And we're all busy asking each other, look, do, you know, have you booked a hotel yet? Is, is it worth it? Do you think that they're going to, like with Salute? We had to Salute yeah. until last week. Um, Salute was still supposed to be going ahead in April. Yeah. Um, and um, now they've, they've pushed it to November the 13th, I think it is yeah I think fingers crossed it happens but you know it's it's the same thing you just you, you kind of your plans are all up in the air you, you're not getting any straight information so you can't really i mean you'll have find it the same with a shop you'll have people have, you know you'll be wanting to put on events or get people down for gaming or whatever yeah. and you just you don't know what to tell people do you so it's
0: no well at the moment it's just a case of the shop's closed you know we yeah, just have yeah. to do everything online so you've
1: got, you've got literally no idea when that'll alter
0: no no that's it <laughs> no. but we're to try and just get. Us. That's what I thought. You should have to try and get get yourself out there the best yeah. you can, yeah, you yeah. Know, and and just get get. I mean, the, the the positives out of this whole thing have been that I've had an opportunity now to to meet people like you, like you know, like other people. I've got um, you know now contacts all across the the industry that I didn't have before. So you know, you take take the wins where you can get them, don't you? Sometimes.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But, um, I was just going to mention because you did mention just briefly that you obviously make all your stuff, they still' it's metal miniatures. Is that something you're looking to sort of stay with, or you is, is it always going to be metal miniatures for you? Do you think?
1: I mean, given the alternate when we've, we've got the biggest stuff's in resin, we've got mostly metal, uh, metal and resin. I mean, plastics would be lovely, I just don't ever see it happening because of the cost, to be yeah. honest. Um, I mean, you're looking at a, a kind of tooling set for something like the Perry's do we get a box of Perry's miniatures generally between 18 and 30,000 qu- pounds to get the steel tool made for that wow um so and given we've got kind of 40 odd different races in the Burrows and Badgers yeah and to get plastic sets for each of them we'd be looking at a couple of million quid and that's uh that's not really it's them.
0: not <laughs> no it's not at all but then you know you're saying that when you know when you're looking at the quality of what you're producing anyway you know, I'd, I'd, I would say that's a huge investment for something. Is it going to improve things that much?
1: Yeah, I mean that—that that is the issue. I guess the, the advantage you get is that um, people—you can do kind of multi-part stuff if people True. want to. Yeah. You know, but uh, again, I, I find that uh, I'm not that thrilled with that because I like to make each one individual as a character if I can. Yeah. Um, just because I enjoy that side of things. You know, yeah. About uh, you know what they're like and.
0: Yeah, well, so the, the, like I say, the, the the stuff that I got, I thought was it the, the guy that I, I got. recently was the I, was, I want to say it's the marmot. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah the big guy. He's yeah, got, he's a chunky fellow with a... Yeah. yeah, um, yeah.
0: Now, like I looked at, it and I, I'm the sort of player, I'm the gamer who who likes the sort of narrative element of of any game. Really, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near a competitive player in any sort of description. But you know, and, and so. You know, i'd like to sort of put my own little as a you know gamer painter or whatever you know or hobbyist i like to put my own little spin on it and you're able to do that enough with what paint you put on it and what base you put on it yeah. and i think it sort of speaks for itself i i say i, I really like it and I've, I've been talking to other people um on other podcasts about the whole you know multi-part to, to you know single pose miniatures and i think there is an argument to say actually how you paint them as well can put as much as you of the sort of the uniqueness to them then say sticking a new head on or you know or, or doing a different arm you know yeah. obviously it's not customizing to that level but you're still putting your own spin on it if that makes oh, yeah. any sense
1: yeah i mean um the, the ones we've got here i mean i'll paint one and then joel paint the same figure and they look totally different because yeah you know it's just totally different paint schemes what have is, you? and yeah. yeah yeah that's it and
0: you know different people go oh do you know what i think i mean i, I I did the, the mouse guys in blue and red, but I've seen them in like tartan, I've seen them in there's yeah, some great yeah. some great paint shops, hell of a lot better painters than what I can do, but you know, and they will look completely different on the tabletop, you know, as and, and the war bands look different because you've got such a such a selection there. That, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I mean, it's yeah, one yeah. of the things we've tried. I thought I figured if I if I can't do multi-part stuff, I'll have to just try and do loads and loads of different ones <laughs> At least people have got plenty to choose from. I mean, yeah, technically, I, you know, you only need sort of half a dozen, but,
0: but um, that's it. You know. But you, yeah, and I think you, you, yeah, like you say, you only need like half a dozen, but either, yeah, you, know, you end up picking up
1: another half dozen anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've got a lot of people who've just bought them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know how they're going to get to use them all, but uh, they must just play a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, of
1: course. Why 20, not? Twenty-five, four buns, and
0: you know. Yeah, I mean, if, it's, if they're anything like me, they'll be building a whole mouse village at some point. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's easily done. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's one of those things. I just, you know, just, I really enjoyed it, and then I just think, you know, how was the actual idea created? You know, of burrows and badgers. Though was it just sort of just that evolution from I wanted to create something to fit these miniatures.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'd already, I'd already started working on some rules for uh, another project, um, which I still haven't done anything with because Burrows and Badgers got in the way. Um, <laughs> and and so I kind of, I, I, used the, the the framework of those and just kind of converted it over for Burrows and Badgers. I mean, it was quite a bit different because it was a two d six based system rather than using right. the, the polyhedral dice. Yeah, uh, but I thought the polyhedral dice worked better with the different sizes of miniature because with you know when you've got to try and match a mouse against something that's 10 times its size or whatever yeah but the different levels of dice would help with that um but yeah i just sat down and and wrote the thing really and then um we did a uh didn't do a playtest group for the first one i just kind of did it myself and then but when we got to kind of rejig it for the osprey version because we couldn't leave it exactly the same because um it had to have its own ISBN number, so I had to make changes to it oh, right. before they'd publish it, um, which was fine because it let us fix various bits that I wasn't too happy with. Uh, and so when we did that, we just set up a playtesting group on Facebook and just got feedback from the players there. Pretty um, Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's like, I think everyone who does gaming, you, you always mess around with rules a bit. And you're yeah. always t- tinkering with things and house rules and what have you. So it's kind of just an extension of that, really.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. So, do you have like a sort of a favourite genre at all? Like, is it fantasy
1: for you all the time? Or yeah, pretty much. Yeah, fantasy and sci-fi. I've I've done the odd bit. I, I do historical, but tends to be kind of older historical stuff. Yeah, kind of early medieval and earlier. Um, never been a massive fan of of kind of more modern stuff. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, normally fantasy and sci-fi, but with a bit of you know knights in armour thrown in.
0: Yeah, can't go wrong with that, can you? Because yeah. you, you, you could always, I mean, there's so much scope with that that sort of time frame. If you are going historical, then you can go, oh, yeah, it's historical, but there's dragons here, or, you know, yeah. you mix, mix things up as much as you like. Um, but, yeah, I, so going, going forward, have you got any plans to sort of expand on um, burrows and badgers, or are you looking to sort of create another sort of, Game around it, or, or yeah, what's
1: the I mean, plan? Well, we've got for burrows and badges. We've got um, I've got a couple more supplements coming out later this year. Fingers crossed, provided I finish them. <laughs> um, with because with the the next Kickstarter, with the models are being molded now. They're they're going to be like introducing necromantic warbands, undead and stuff like that, and witch hunters to go nice. and, like go after them. So I've got a set of rules for them. They're going to be in a, a, a kind of campaign book, um, and also we've I'm on with another sort of supplement which is uh, a map based campaign um just to let people kind of set up a map and then try and take territories and what have you uh, so those are the two i'm working on at the minute which should be out at some point this year um and we're also we're, we're also working on a sports game uh, furball set which is kind of shinty um, you know shinty it's kind of like more violent hockey i guess oh amazing um, yeah <laughs> um, so yeah so we're, we're kind of we're playing around with that at the minute to see if we can do something with that that's um, brilliant because i know
0: that. i've seen recently that there's been a push for sort of solo rules as well so because with, with the lockdowns and things people yeah. are putting in these solo rules is that something you, think you would be
1: uh, yeah i mean i've done a, have um, done i've got one on Kind of a test version of a solo game underway at the minute. I'll put the rules up in the Burrows and Badgers Facebook group. Okay. To, to see, I've, I've done a solo mod for Burrows and Badgers just so people can try that solo. Yeah. It's, it's not ideal because you're much better off designing from the ground up, I think, if you want a solo game. Yeah. Um, so I've done yeah, I've done some core rules for for a solo game, um, which I mean, I've tried it a couple of times. I think it works well enough. Um, just again, I'll have to set up a playtesting group and see if we can get a few people behind it. Uh, at the minute, my, my drawback is that i don't want to i don't want to kind of dilute my attention too much away from burrows and badgers because I've, yeah. I've got lists of stuff to do for that but uh, but equally i would like to have a you know a, a solo cooperative game basically so you can you can still have more players but you're against the game rather than
0: yeah because you know, it yeah cause it gives people an opportunity to drop in drop out yeah yeah So no, i think yeah yeah so I, so I just the only reason I ask, I've i seen those do really well especially over the last year you know the. I,
1: yeah I mean yeah bound to aren't they I mean I think yeah. that's going to be an increasing thing as time yeah. goes on
0: because yeah so. oh, they're well I mean that was awesome I mean literally it's literally all I wanted to ask we've rattled through it really quickly but um, yeah that's, the, that's really really all I wanted to go through with you like sounds like you've got some really good things I'm going to make sure I keep an eye on your Facebook page as well so I can uh keep track of what you guys are up to um and i say if you are ever in the sort of seven oaks area and we're all allowed to sort of be open again you're more than welcome down at the grumpy pony as well
1: yeah brilliant i know i'll definitely check it out if we're ever down there brilliant
0: oh well thanks so much so um that's it from me and thanks to everyone for listening
1: thanks for having me on
0: thanks everyone for taking the time to listen to the latest edition of our podcast um It's absolutely great support. Every single download that you give uh, is great for the shop and it's great for our little community in the middle of Seven Oaks. So um, keep subscribing, keep listening. We've got some more guests coming up every single Friday. So I really hope you enjoyed this one and I'll see you in the next one.